Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. Welcome to Busy House Happy Home. I am so excited. I've got the lovely Tori back for part two because we just felt like we were really getting going um, in our first our first episode, you know, episode together in part one. And so Tori has sweetly agreed to come back. Tori, hi, how are you? Hello, I'm good. We just had American Thanksgiving here, so it's been a busy week, but I'm happy to be back. <laughs> are you feeling exhausted from it or refreshed? No, luckily I didn't have to host this year. So <laughs> my brother hosted this year, so I got lucky. So yes, oh. I don't, I definitely took the weekend off. So that was nice. That's good. And actually, I think sometimes we need to just take some time off, don't we? And reset and just particularly like a digital detox too. Particularly, yes, as women too. Like we don't really give ourselves permission to take time off. So I feel like that's such a big thing of just allowing ourselves to be a human being, not a human doing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I like that expression. I might have (laughs) that from you. That's a real please do spread the word. Yeah, it is really, really important. And I was just, we, we were just talking before I pressed record. I said, you know, it's a really busy season in my life. Um, and I know it won't always be this busy, but you just sometimes have to roll roll with it. But also you pointed out that it's important to pick and choose the things that are important um, to yeah. you as well. So, yeah. I feel like we all have a phase of building in our life and that's very normal. And sometimes, you know, when we have the energy and we're building it all up and then we can step back and say, okay, now I've built all these things. I put the time, the energy, the effort, and then I can step back and say, okay, where could I get more support here? What needs to go? What's not fulfilling me anymore? Like we're always making that decision. And that's what's so fascinating that I've seen with with clients and with myself, you know, there was a time where I was even like teaching a lot in schools and universities. And I was like, I loved it for a couple of years, but it wasn't, it was like, okay, this phase is over. It's time to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Are you doing much coaching and mentoring sort of one-to-one and in group work or? Yeah, that's all I do What you're focusing on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's where I really felt, that's where I feel most passionate and lit up. And that's kind of what I always tell people to look for is like, you know, what's draining you, what's feeling really good and how can you step more into it? So for me, working with people and groups and one-to-one was definitely the thing that I was wanting more of. So I let go of, of teaching. And is it sort of life coaching or business coaching or a bit of everything? I kind of integrate everything because how I do work with a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs or people who are trying to build you know, maybe a side business, get out. Of, I, I work with a lot of women who are trying to get out of corporate America or build their own thing or, you know, or find what they're passionate about. And then I'm also really passionate about helping women make money because when women have money, we change the world. Yes. And that's proven in so many different research programs from the world bank on, you know, when you give a woman 30 goats, in, in a small village she makes jobs she makes milk she feeds her 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 tribe so. yes yeah 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 absolutely absolutely yeah. but I think also sometimes it's really hard and really scary to make that change and sure. it's important to have support like somebody like you or or you know a really supportive partner or somebody that you can bounce ideas off and work with I know absolutely. with what I do it can be quite lonely 
It's very lonely, particularly starting your own thing. It's very hard. And, you know, people have a lot of doubt around that. And I did too. Oh my goodness. Starting my own thing was the hardest, one of the hardest projects I've ever done in my life. I always say that, you know, how we do anything is how we do everything. And and whenever we're stepping into something that we're actually really excited about, we can actually be more fearful and not something that a lot of people don't expect. Yes. You know, I'm sure for you, like starting Ask Charlie and doing all these, putting yourself out there and really doing what you were passionate about was probably one of the more scary things that you've it was done. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I think I've actually, I felt sick with fear and, and, and just being completely and utterly scared, terrified quite a lot of the time, to be honest. And yeah. I have to try not to overthink things because if I overthink things, then I probably wouldn't put it out there. I just have to kind of go with it and, and hope that, that hope that it's okay and I haven't made an idiot of myself and then I can't think of the people that are watching or listening because if it's people like that I was at school with that would really freak me out so I I can't let my head go to certain places if that makes sense I have to kind oh, of put totally. my on and stay stay focused uh on on like what I'm passionate about and what's important to me and what resonates and just yeah uh, it's it's scary isn't it so it is but I love that to share that because I feel like so many of us feel like oh maybe it's the wrong path if I feel this afraid but that's yeah. kind of where I come in is I really figure out who are you what do you want what's aligned for you and what are the what are the blocks and possibly like you know traumas mild or major that are getting in the way how do we heal yeah. those things and work mind body and soul to uh, to start taking that action that you want to take because that's where you know we all get stuck and we know the feeling yes yeah yeah absolutely Tori and I think that's why I really like you because you are so knowledgeable on so many different levels whether it's you know the sort of business side of things whether it's how the brain works whether it's the sort of uh, you know the psychological aspect whether it's the holistic approach, the spiritual approach, the Ayurvedic approach, totem animals. You know, there are <laughs> so many things that you know a lot about and it's fascinating. Um, oh, thank you. You know, you're, you're um, I think, possibly one of the most knowledgeable people that I've spoken <laughs> to on these sorts, on these, on these things. You know, it's oh. really fascinating because... You know, you really understand how the brain works, but in a mind, body and spiritual way, which is incredible. Oh, well, thank you. I definitely really do feel passionate about, you know, mastery. I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the world and there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, particularly on Instagram or TikTok that kind of know a little bit and then they're sharing knowledge that might be harmful sometimes. And I always want to... Um, make people aware of that. You know, if you have, if you're struggling a lot, you know, depression, et cetera, and someone on TikTok is saying, just do a gratitude list. Like, yes, that's going to, it's not going to hurt you, but like other work needs not to be done. You. Yeah. yeah, it's not. So yeah. I feel like sometimes that level of um, just a little bit of knowledge can be harmful to not yeah. really be able to explain like why someone who's, you know, experienced a lot of hardship or is under a lot of stress, like why the simple things that they're seeing aren't working as well. And yeah. And it's good yeah. to have that. And that's what I love about you being so willing to share so much information here, not only about like your own journey, but um, what can people really do at a deeper level? Yeah, I think it's really important to ask questions. And I, I think, you know, you and I talked in part one about how you can make changes. And I think that's what I really 
I think that's my important message to people is you can, you know, if you're not happy with how things are in your life, you have the choice to make changes. Yes, it might be really hard work. You might have to face things that you really don't want to, that you've buried away for years, but you can make changes and really positive, happy changes for your future and your family. And, you know, whether that's your extended family or, or or immediate family it's it's just I think it's such an important message that you no matter what your past is you can um you can make changes and I want people to sort of have the confidence by having these conversations that they can do it yeah I mean I couldn't have said it better myself and I think that's the big the big key factor you just mentioned there is confidence yeah and and a lot of people don't see confidence as something that needs to grow all the time and I really do like I always say to people like you might be really confident in one area of your life but not in another and so we are always all growing our confidence and if I want to step into a new level like I was very confident in the corporate world right I was very good at that I had a lot of mastery I'd been in it for years and then when I stepped out into my own business I didn't have any confidence because I'd never done that before yeah so yeah. all of that needed to grow or you know we might need new levels of confidence in our relationship of how to speak up and speak our needs or you know it's always an evolution and we're always I think the core human wound is worrying that we're not enough in some yeah. way that we're not smart enough to do that or we don't know what we're doing or we don't know what we want so it's, it's always coming back to like, you are worthy and you can absolutely make changes. It's, but yeah. it is going to take, you know, facing some parts of yourself you may not want to see or some parts of your life or aspect or choices you're making that aren't yeah. easy to change. But, you know, that's why, that's a big reason why I share my personal stories. Cause I really want to see, I want people to see and know that like, really, no matter what's happened to you, I think you can make a difference and, and a change in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. I to I totally agree. And I think also, I mean, a lot of the ways I have learned, I mean, I think knowledge is power. And I spend quite a lot of my days um, out walking, out doing the animals, cleaning, doing things. And I'll listen to podcasts, I'll listen to audiobooks, learning mm -hmm. about different things. And I've learned so much over the last, I don't know, 10 years by listening. I don't have time necessarily to read books, but I do have time, whether it's driving to and from the school run, to educate myself in lots of different ways. And, and knowledge is power, understanding, you know, the reasons why we do things and why we react in certain ways and understanding sort of trauma and addiction and um, how you can heal yourself from, you know, eating, eating a good diet is going to make you feel so much better. All these things, you know, gut health. I listen to all sorts of, you know, fascinating things and I've learned loads. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Um, and it's nice that we have that option now too, or, you know, cause life is very busy so we can listen and learn, you know, yeah. and some people, we're all, we all learn a little bit different. And what's funny is I find some people are fully auditory learners. They actually do better when they're moving and they're listening. So yeah. there is some, there is some brain science on that too, that some people, you know, if you are taking a walk or you're on your commute to your, your work, that, that being on the go and listening will actually help you take in that information better. Yeah. I think I, I'm definitely one of those. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm a visual learner. So for me, if I really want to get something from a podcast, I might need to take notes because then if I see it, yeah. I'll remember it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing it down can be really helpful as well. That reinforces it staying in the mind. But I think exactly. why I'm talking about this is because there are so many resources out there for people to to make changes, uh, you know, to their lives. You don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money, have lots of therapy. I mean, that can be really important too, but also you can do things, you know, there's a lot there already to hand. Absolutely. Help people, isn't there? Yeah, you can always get started. You know, when when we have major trauma or addiction or something like that, we always have to look for something out, you know, something to support us that, you know, at mm -hmm. least in America, like we've got AA and a lot of other things that are options to help people through those kinds of things that are for free. So, you know, we can't always do it all alone, but enlisting yes. a good, a good friend and educating yourself can give you a lot of resources to get started. Yeah. And book, yeah. You know, there's so many good books too, that will put you through, you know, like uh, how to do the work by Dr. Nicole LaPera is like a great book to start working through like a psychological side of things. It, it's like a workbook. It asks you a lot of questions because one thing that is powerful is knowledge and then self-knowledge is the next yeah. most powerful thing. Cause it's kind of like, okay, now I understand like maybe attachment style and relationships. I can be anxious in relationships. So now I can learn like, well, how does that show up for me? How can I learn about my own anxiety and relationships mm -hmm. and how I might get worried and then, you know, pick a fight with my partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And actually you touched on AA there. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal um, support network for, for dealing with um, addiction, but there's also Al-Anon as well, which is supporting people that, um, are you know close to somebody that's that's struggling with addiction because that can be really hard for the people you know around yes you know, that are struggling and that's a really great support network too because you can feel very alone and very isolated when um when you're in a relationship or, or, or a parent of somebody that's that's got addiction problems yeah i'd say even with like someone Al-Anon is great for anyone with codependency. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, even if you've got like maybe a parent or you know, someone with mental health issues or anytime you're struggling with what we call enmeshment or where if they're okay, you're okay. Yeah. So you don't yeah. really know, you don't you have a hard time setting boundaries, saying no, all those kinds of things are signs of codependency. So in that way, Al-Anon can be a life-changing also for yeah women with boundaries and, and mild codependency, uh, Terry, Dr. Terry Cole is also great. She wrote a book called Boundary Boss, which I think every woman should read because it's sometimes we don't, I'm, I grew up codependent because I have addict yeah. parents, right? Yeah. So it's pretty, me too. Me too. Yeah. I mentioned Aladon because being in a codependent relationship, oh my goodness, it's toxic. It's so toxic and you don't even know it because you're so used to it. You actually yeah. think that's what love is, but that's what yes, connection is. You think is. it's normal. Yes. I didn't know how to be in relationship with someone, you know, which what we call in interdependence where you depend on one another. I was always trying to rescue everyone, take care of everyone else. Me too. So yes. <laughs> so yeah. lots of, lots of women are that way. So things like the books codependent, no more and stuff may not resonate with them, but I feel like it is actually bred into women to be codependent. And I like Terry Cole's book because it really talks to that you know, as simple as being in someone's wedding that you don't really want to be in, or you really can't afford to buy the, you know, the dress and do the hen party and all those kinds of things, but you're doing it because you have a hard time saying no. Yeah. 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 
yeah it's fascinating it's fascinating Tori thank you for <laughs> for having this conversation um can we one thing that we ran out of time on in part one that we wanted to come back and, and talk about is animals yes animal wisdom and the legend of, of animals and can we because it's fascinating it's so fascinating and it's not something I know very much about but I know it's something that you know quite a lot about and can we talk about it so our listeners can can understand a bit more about the history of it and and the world history of it because it's not just the legend of America and the totem animals and things is it it's far bigger Absolutely. You know, all cultures at one time were nature based, right? We all believed in, you know, if we look at the pharaohs and cats, and we look at um, almost every, every culture, whatever they scribbled on the caves, there was some animal involved. Yeah. And what I love to help people remember is like, even if we look at our own history in the West, like, we wouldn't be where we are, if we didn't have animals. Like yeah. as simple as dogs protected our tribes. They let us know someone was near. Horses got us around the world. They served in wars. They, I mean, we would not be the species that we are without that interconnectedness to animals. Yeah. So yes, I look at it through a Native American lens since I have some ancestral roots there. And we definitely had a huge connection to the animal world, but every culture did, you know, even in the Western Europe, we had the Druids and we had the pagans and they were highly connected to animals. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that even as simple as like Easter was taken from Ostara, which was all about fertility. Yeah. So yeah. that's where the, the symbol of the chick and the bunny come from. So we really had, cause that was the, when the chicks and the bunny started mating, they knew it was spring and it was time to start mating the animals. And, you know, that connection to whether animals supporting us by moving us across the world, protecting us or feeding us. There's been this huge connection to them forever. And we've really lost our connection to that. I think we really have, haven't we? Because we just, yeah. we just, I don't know, we're on a sort of narrow mindset of just straight ahead. And we don't often sort of look back on, on the history of things and how things came about. And I think, I think it is fascinating. And it is, you're absolutely right. Without animals, we wouldn't be where we are today. No, I mean, they tilled the field. Like once we've really interwove our lives with animals, our lives got so much better and we didn't really respect them and we still don't. Um, yeah. I think the last stat I read was that 60% of the world's wildlife has been killed, like extinct, gone because yeah. of humans. <laughs> so that's kind of scary when we think about that. But um, yeah, I mean, just even the domesticated animals completely changed humankind. And so it's kind of, reconnecting ourselves to that even through our food being aware of what it how you know what it came what it what that animal experienced you're eating that yeah you know yeah. if if, yeah. if an animal yeah. had a terrible life and it's unhealthy you are eating unhealthy food and so we've kind of really disconnected ourselves from it and I get it it's busy it's modern world but it's kind of like it's a I sort of math it. process isn't it mass oh, especially yeah it's just changed how everything is especially in America. I mean, we've got like, we've literally genetically modified like a chicken to have like six legs that grows on, li literally lives on its back so that it produces six drumsticks. Wow. So crazy stuff, you know, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know America's, you know, we're well known for our Franken food system. So luckily Europe has definitely not got that problem as much as we do, 
But I just like to think of that because it, it helps us see in our modern world how that disconnection to the animals. But there is this long history of not only us relying on animals for our modern day life and for, you know, even like I think I live in California and the Western people would never have made it out here if it wasn't for horses because we took horses on buggies all the way across America to get to the left coast. <laughs> so like that would have taken us, you know, years to walk across. Yeah. It's like yeah. three or yeah. 30, like 3,500 miles straight across America. Wow. So, or I'm sorry, I don't even know how many, it's huge, right? I'm it's sorry, I think that's north to south. Yeah. 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 It's Mecca. It's a very yeah. long way. I always love to say, to point out how huge America is, to, especially to my British friends. Um, all of the UK can fit inside of California to give people perspective. <laughs> like yeah. All of Scotland and England fits neatly inside of California. But like one state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is quite mind boggling, actually, when you think of it like that. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's this huge area. And it's like, if we didn't have animals that wouldn't have moved this past but then there's also this the spiritual and the magical side of it which all cultures you know from the asian cultures had all kinds of meanings about birds i know the vietnamese had things about crows and the native americans had a lot of it the druids had a lot of meaning with the god and the goddess um each animal had its own magic and message like we kind of all know these things intuitively in a funny way like we all know, think of the the wise owl yes, or the loyal dog or you know what I mean like these yeah, these are all things that have been passed down yeah so from a spiritual perspective it's kind of like looking at our food and and making a reconnection to that you live on a farm so you have that more naturally but just even having that awareness of like what am I consuming and in Ayurveda we believe that what we eat becomes our tissues because that's literally like our food we are yeah. made of the food that we eat absolutely yeah yeah. And so, you know, if someone has a lot of aggression, then we recommend that they eat a lot less red meat because those animals have more cortisol. So it's just fascinating, like re reconnecting to that from that. So that's the physical body part. Yeah. And then the mind part is kind of like, you know, just having that connection and understanding. And then the spiritual part is that I love the Native Americans, I think said it best that was taught to me was animals never lose their instructions from God. Like they're still connected to the natural world. And yeah. so they will get a message to you. So if you're looking for, if you're feeling lost and unsure, you're looking for a sign, just ask for an animal to show up. Just pray to whomever you believe in, you know, or just put it out there and, you know, I always say, test it. Don't, I don't, I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. Test it in your own life <laughs> and put that prayer. Say, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little lost or I, I want a confirmation or I need something and ask the spirit, ask spirit, you know, we call it the great creator to send you a message. And it's so funny how people will doubt this until they do it. And then they'll think it's silly when something shows up, like, you know, I had a client where, you know, a bunch of ants ended up in their, in their flat. <laughs> it wow. like, but, it, but when you look up at, when you look up ants, it's like, they have all kinds of meaning about like teamwork and all, and how much weight they carry. And, you know, if you, and then you apply it back to yourself or like, you know, a spider, like, um, another client had a big spider on her car and yeah. she was like actually scared of it, but the like, spiders are all about magic and weaving your own web. And so there's these fascinating 
stories that each animal carries that they're really bringing us a message about our own spiritual development yeah it's so fascinating and actually when I listened to you on another podcast um and the first time I heard you speak and you were talking about animals I had actually been woken up that night by our light going on outside and I got out of bed and I looked out of the window and there was a huge dog fox in our drive and I watched him for about five minutes just oh wow and it's we've lived here for 16 years I've never been woken up in the night and seen an animal like that ever before and I just watched this fox for five minutes and then a few hours later I listened to you talking about animals (laughs) and it was just quite fascinating and then a few hours later I had five deer that ran across my path and I was out walking the dogs and that doesn't happen that often I mean we do have deer around us but I don't normally see them quite so close and not quite so many. So it was fascinating. Um, those two instances just yeah. after you speak. And it, it, yeah, it makes you think. It definitely makes you think. Um, it does. Yeah, I think these things are sent for a reason. Um, Absolutely. We kind of feel disconnected from the divine, I think. And I know I did for many years. You know, I always joke that I was agnostic at best. And, mm-hmm. and it really had to smack me over the head to make me believe I just had too many and too many insane incidences of divine intervention that basically kind of awoke me because I was very left brained and very scientific. And, you know, by my own psychological training, I would have, you know, thought thought a lot of these things were crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a bird that's always out gardening with me. Um, We call him Basil and he's got quite different markings, distinctive markings. And it's yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any accident. And even like Fox and himself, you know, he's about the feminine magic of camouflage, Mm shape-shifting and invisibility. So um, it's kind of looking at like, you know, where might might I be hiding? Yeah, yeah, it is fascinating stuff. And it's fascinating how, as you said, you know, animals go way back and all over the world, you know. Everywhere. Have different meanings, and it is it is amazing actually. And yeah, even Jesus, you know, the dove yeah. represents Jesus. You know what I mean? So many things. There's so much animal symbolism if we look back at any culture. And I think sometimes we need to just slow down, and and look a, at what's around us, and just take a little bit more time. And I know in part one we talked about meditating, and um, that is something that I am working on. <laughs> Which, uh, which is good and it feels exciting to actually um you know I've taken a bit of time and I'm I'm making progress so it's hasn't been long yeah but that's good had it but it is exciting just to take a little bit of time and just sit with yourself um and see how you are because I've always wanted to get into meditating but I just have struggled with my mind racing but I'm trying not to get anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past I did, I'm just trying to go with the flow and be more open-minded and just slow down because I think and, it's important. And that is the purpose of meditating. All of our minds are racing. Oh my goodness. The first times I would sit down to meditate, all I could think about was what I needed to be doing. And it drove me crazy. 
But that was me sitting that again, that's that self-knowledge. Even if you just sit for five minutes with your eyes closed or three minutes, that's all you've got. But you see and you start to notice, oh, wow, I'm just think, I'm just worried about this person or I'm just thinking about what I need to do next. Now you have this knowledge about where your mind is all the time. Yeah. And what we think about influences our emotions, then our emotions includes our thoughts and then our thoughts create our actions. So when you have that knowledge of like, wow, I'm just worried about this all the time. Now I can say, okay, what action could I take that would help me, you know, calm down? Or is there something that I need to do? And if I can't change anything I'm worried about, then what, what do I need to let go of? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I love to have kind of these three questions of, okay, I'm thinking about this all the time. Is there anything I need to do? If there's nothing I can do, then maybe I pray for that person or I, or I let it go on a new level or I, or is there something I can do? Then I do that. And then if I'm not sure, I take more time to really like sit with that and say like, okay, what's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility here? Yeah. 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 You're so wise. It, it, but it is so important just to take that, that little bit of time each day. Um, it really is. Tori, yeah. you're fascinating to chat to. <laughs> talk a little bit about the stars now because I know that the Ayurvedic way of thinking has a different astrological yes stars to to how I don't even know how to word it but you know what I mean don't you yeah yeah (laughs) yes I will also leave your listeners with a great book if they really want to know about animal totems it's called animal speak by Ted Andrews and he really it's a comprehensive dictionary of everything and he also talks about the history of animal stuff around the world so I learned a lot from him and he literally traveled the world learning about their different cultures and folklore tales and all that stuff around animals and put it in a ginormous book (laughs) we'll link link that down (laughs) below animals it's hefty, but man, if you're really if you really into it and you really want to know more, then that's great. But yes, so Vedic astrology is kind of, I like to think of it as there's Eastern astrology and Western astrology. Western astrology is what we all grew up with, and it is based on your sun sign. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with Western. It's just a different system, right? So the, and they also have your top three, which is what, you know, your, your ascendant, your moons, where your moon is placed and your sun. Those are kind of the, the big three that we look at, but Ayurveda, Vedic astrology and Ayurveda and stuff is all, all connected to, that's another fascinating thing from, from the science of yoga to the science of Ayurveda, to the science of Jyotish, it's called Yodish, which is the science of light. It's yeah. really about the karma. So I studied all the other ones. And one of my Vedic astrologers told me I would study Vedic astrology. And I was like, I have way too many things I've already done. Like I'm good. I'm that will never happen. And he was right. So (laughs) so he predicted I would get into it. But once I had a reading, it was so fascinating how predictive it was. So what is so cool about it is the way that the yogis like 5,000 years ago had charted the stars is 100% accurate. Like this is what NASA says. So if you Google it, yeah, if, it yeah. if you Google it, it say, like 
it will say NASA will say that your astrological sign is incorrect. Like there was a great article, like, oh gosh, probably a decade ago that said uh, NASA has charted the stars and your astrological sign is incorrect. And I remember reading that and being kind of annoyed because I liked, I liked Western astrology at the time. (laughs) And and again, nothing wrong with it. I, I loved Western astrology growing up and I was in there. It has its, its, its validity, of course. But then I got into Vedic astrology and they've got this insanely accurate system. It's a little bit more based on the moon because the moon is with the mind, but we also have these nakshatras. And I've heard that some other astrology groups have that as well, but the Vedic has its own system, which nakshatra means lunar mansion. So what's cool is we have the, think of the classical um, signs, you know, Leo, Cancer, Sagittarius, all that stuff. So we have the regular Zodiac. And then we have an additional Zodiac that goes around that. That's just for the moon. And it Mm -hmm. has 27 of its own little signs for the moon. And so we get a lot more information through that. So it'd be like, okay, my moon isn't just in cancer. My moon is in Ashleisha cancer, which is a certain degree, five to, you know, within like five to 15 degrees of cancer. So that gives me a secondary sign to give me more information, particularly about who I am and how my mind will be, what ideal careers for me, all kinds of, all kinds of additional information. And then I can also pick much more specific. It's really specific. And like, we have to know your exact time. And if you don't, you have to find someone who can like do that for you because it's so specific and it's um, it change, it can change all of your signs a little bit. And some people don't like that because they really identify with what they are. But I find that the sim- similar energy is in there. So maybe, you know, like in one, you're, you're an Aries and then you might go back to being a Pisces or like for me, my cancer sun goes into Gemini. But then it's like, when I learn that, I can actually see that more because even though I do have this cancer moon and I'm very soft and loving on the inside, my mind is very sharp and I love to learn. And I you know that's very Gemini. So it's like, I, I could understand all those shifts once I, once I got really deep into yeah. the work. Yeah. And and the next most fascinating part is that we also run something, it's called like a Mahadasha. Basically think of it as it's like a planetary influence for a phase in your life. So when I look at someone's chart, I can say, okay, they're in Saturn Dasha. So these are going to be the primary themes of life for them right now. Like for me, I was in moon Dasha. That was all about things of the moon where my moon is placed it's really a science and it's so fascinating. Like even, you know, my teacher, Sam Gepi, who's amazing. He literally could, he could look back at my chart and he could tell me what dates I got married because of what planets were active. He said, you got married between 2002 and 2004. Wow. Yeah. Cause he's like, that's based on that, like on those, on those planetary activations through my dashas, he could tell I was in Venus dasha, which is the character of relationships and Saturn, I was in Venus, Saturn, and Saturn is the ruler of my seventh house of marriage. So when I, when those two things aligned, I got married. Wow. Yeah. So they, it is so incredible. It is. It's totally freaked me out before, but they, but every, basically the readings that I had and the information that I received, I was like, okay, I've got to know this. So what happened for me, how I do that work is if I'm working with a client and we would just want to know more about like their their karma on this planet, what phase they're in, what they're here to learn a little bit about, you know, cause I can look at the chart and be like, okay, you're, you know, your, your North node is here. Like 
and you've got in your south notice here so we know that and then maybe like for me i've got a lot of planets in the first house so that's in leo so that's a lot about like me and learning about dharma which is truth so that's you know and then i got that sun in gemini so it all makes sense why i'm obsessed with learning and and then i've got the cancer moon which is counseling so we can really put together you know and, and mine is cool because everyone's predicting looking back telling me having never met me but what's nice too is that they can also predict forward yeah yeah that's it's so fascinating um i think that's yeah that's that's really interesting it um, is i'm cancer i said my birthday's july um, oh what day the second okay so you're gonna have that gym you're gonna have the gemini sun as well yeah. which was quite interesting listening to you yeah. talk I could hear quite a few similarities there. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah yeah also you know Gemini is the the merchant so the businesses you know having all these businesses like you do being so busy that's also and and we also have multiple careers we get very bored with one thing okay that's interesting yeah have you noticed that you like you'll kind of get into something and master it and be like okay next <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that does resonate yeah so Gemini they say we'll always have at least two things going on yeah I that's why I just love having conversations with you because you know about so many different things that I find really interesting and I really hope that the listeners do and our conversations are resonating because there is so much out there going on and I think it's important to sort of tune into that and be aware of it um yeah, I love to think of it as like, there's so many places for guidance. And I feel like right now we feel more lost and disconnected than ever. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Because I don't know, it's been it's been strange times, I think. Um, I think navigating through, you know, I, obviously, previous generations had the walls to navigate through. Um, and we have to a certain extent, but not in the same league mm -hmm. as First and Second World War at all. Um, but then navigating through COVID and lots of political unrest and change, and it does make you lose your way a little bit. And I think these old fashioned ways, and I'm big into old fashioned ways, are really important. You know, they've stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. They've been there for years, for generations, for centuries, and it is, it's fascinating stuff. Um, Thank you so much, Tori, for coming and, and having part two with us and talking about this. So we'll leave all the, the the books that you've mentioned linked down below in the show notes. And again, your details, if anyone wants to get in touch. Um, Tori, thank you for, for coming back and, and um, chatting to me again. Oh, you're so welcome. It's such a pleasure. And I love that you share all kinds of information. And also your videos always make me happy on Instagram, watching you make cookies and chocolates. <laughs> Thank you. I love <laughs> my happy place. I can tell. I feel yeah. it. I'm a feeder. Yeah. That's the Jewish, the Jewish roots uh, coming through. For and sure. The mothering instinct, the, the cancer, the sort of homemaker um, I'm sure it's somewhere in your Vedic chart as well. Yes, definitely. We might have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Tori, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming back for part two. You're so welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 
would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast. If you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button. It helps other people know that we exist and I would be so grateful of that. And leave me a review. The more subscribers we have, the more episodes I can put on for you. So please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button.